We are inching closer towards the start of the college football season. I'm Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It is great to be here with you. So uh, the AP poll came out this week, and here's what we've got. We have got, as you would expect, three Big 12 teams in the top 25. There seems to be a pretty general consensus into who the top three teams are in the Big 12 in no particular order. You can make the argument in any direction that you want. And those teams are as follows. Coming in at number nine in the preseason AP poll, the Oklahoma Sooners. Coming in at number 10, the Baylor Bears. And coming in at number 12, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. That was it. When it comes to Big 12 teams ranked in the top 25. Now, Texas did receive many votes. Um, Kansas State received a handful of votes, but neither team had enough to crack the top 25. Here's what uh, we perceive to be the Big 12 this year. Deep, very solid, very highly competitive, but not a team that's going to compete for a national title. Like, even last year, everyone thought Oklahoma, heck, uh, Oklahoma, in some people's estimations, was the best team in the country before the season started. Felt like a stretch to me, but that was the belief in some corners of college football. Phil Steele had him at number one. I look at this and I say, okay, it's great. Um, Oklahoma's nine, Baylor's 10, Oklahoma State's 12. That's what I would project. You can make the argument that it's Baylor at 9, Oklahoma State at 10, and Oklahoma at 12. I'm just saying you could flip those teams in whatever direction you want. No questions asked, right? No one's going to say anything if you want to flip that thing around a little bit. Uh, But it's clear the Big 12 does not appear to have a team that is going to uh, be in a college football playoff. But if I were to make the case for one of them, I think the best team that you could make the case for being in a college football playoff this year of the Big 12 teams in the top 25, Baylor is one. And then if everything were to click perfectly, you could make the argument for Texas. Now, I'm not going to do it. Let me be very clear. I'm not going to do that. I am not projecting that. I don't think Texas is any more than probably an 8-4 and four team right now. And that's not me being anti-Texas. That's me simply just saying, I got to see it to believe it. I need you to prove that you can do it if you're Texas. Talent is not enough. How many times have we seen talent at Texas? And what does it do? Not a heck of a whole lot, right? Not a heck of a whole lot ends up happening for Texas when you talk about this team and this program and where they're at and where they've been and what's going to happen moving forward. But if, if you want to make the case that it can all click right now, and this is the year, it's all going to click, and Quinn Ewers and everything else, okay. But I believe the teams that actually have the ability, the talent number one, I believe Oklahoma has great talent and great ability. I think this team can do a lot of things this year and have an enormous amount of success. I do. If they win the Big 12, it's not in the least bit shocking to me. But I do wonder with the turnover, with a first-year coaching staff, with a first-year head coach, uh, those are questions that I have that would preclude me from putting them in that category. Now, you can point the fingers at me if at the end of the year I'm wrong about it and say, ha-ha, I told you so. I mean, Oklahoma, 
being a top five or top four team in the country is not something that would blow my socks off. But if I'm just having to pick a couple of teams right now, Baylor and Texas would be the two that I would pick. Now, you say, what about Oklahoma State? Oklahoma State, I I love everything about Oklahoma State and what Mike Gundy has done, how he's kind of restructured that program. It's not like there's this big, big, big misperception about Oklahoma State that somehow they're this team that is still the team of 2011. No defense, all offense, Justin Blackman, Brandon Whedon, go routes left and right, and that's all it is. You haven't watched Oklahoma State football in years, if that's what you think this team is. Got a great uh, defensive line coming back. Uh, yes, you worry about Jim Knowles not being there, but I, I like a lot of you know what's going to be happening on both sides of the ball. I, I just, to me, it comes down to the quarterback position. All right, and the quarterback position obviously helps define your ceiling in the sport of football. And I love Spencer Sanders for his, especially now, veteran guy, gets the team, gets the program, uh, isn't going to make, at least, you know, as he's gotten older and matured, that big, massive mistake. I know he's had that ability, but I believe he's grown out of it in many ways. But you got to be able to get to that next level, and I don't believe Spencer Sanders has that in him. Happen to be proven wrong? Want to be proven wrong? But I never see him as that guy. So now I sit here and I wonder, okay, Baylor, Blake Shapin, like you want to talk about ceilings at quarterback? That's how Blake Shapin won this job. If if Dave Aranda was picking his quarterback, Blake Shapin, Gary Bohannon, they had a, uh, a competition in the spring. If they were picking their quarterback, or if Dave Aranda was picking his quarterback based on who would win week one or who had been given the best chance in September to go undefeated, that would probably be Gary Bohannon. But he's looking at this and saying, I got this guy, Blake Shapin. He's got the highest ceiling on the team. I'm going with him. He's my guy. That's where I'm going to go. That's my direction. And I believe he was right to do that because Blake Shapin's ceiling is higher than Gary Bohannon's. Blake Shapin is the kind of guy that I believe, if things click right, can obviously win you a Big 12 title. He did it last year. I mean, he wasn't starting the whole season. Bohannon got him most of the way there, but he won the title game, literally won the title game. So he's won you a Big 12 title. And if the offensive line and defensive line uh, performs at the level I believe it can perform at, Baylor's in great shape. I mean, what you have to like about Baylor, too, is that their non-conference, which Baylor has not been known for its difficult non-conferences, does play a top top 25 team in BYU in the non-conference. That's worth something if you get a top 25 win. In fact, when you look at the AP poll, three of the four Big 12, or three of the four teams set to join the Big 12 next year are ranked in the top 25. Cincinnati's 23, Houston's 24, and BYU is 25. That's a great sign for the future of this league. So Baylor's in a very unique position where if the Bears end up going say 11 and 1, get to the Big 12 title game and then win it and they're 12 and 1 with one loss. That's a heck of a resume based on what I believe this league is going to be and on top of that having BYU in the non-conference, right? But you look at the first two games for Baylor, that's going to tell us a lot. 
You've got Iowa State and Ames in late September. What a great underrated game that is. September 24th, Ames, Iowa, Baylor, and Iowa State. What a fantastic game that's going to be. Learning so much about both teams. And then the following week, Baylor hosts Oklahoma State October 1st in a rematch of the Big 12 title game. One of the all-time great games you're going to watch last year at Jerry World in AT&T Stadium in Arlington. Like those two games right there out of the gates. We're going to know what this team is and what the potential is for Baylor this year. And that's where, you know, so much of this is going to clear up by the end of the month of September. Now, I'm not predicting that we're going to have answers by then, but it will definitely clear up. Now, you look at the rest of the AP poll here. Alabama was one, Ohio State was two, Georgia three, Clemson four, Notre Dame coming in at five, followed by AM, Utah, Michigan, and then Oklahoma Baylor. It feels like a top heavy year, right? And unfortunately, college football's gotten a little bit like that in recent years. It's like everyone's battling for one, maybe two college football playoff slots because you feel like of Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia, two of those three are more or less locks. If Alabama and Georgia meet in an SEC title game and they both have one loss, barring something unforeseen, they're both getting in. If they each have zero losses or one loss, they're both getting in. That's just in the name of the game. I, I don't necessarily agree with it. I'm just telling you that's what's going to happen. Like, And you know that as well. Right? If you're being honest about, you know, the sport where it's at, what's been going on, you know that as well. You don't need me to tell you that. So that's where we got to sit here and look at this and say, okay, what is the path then for a Big 12 team? You got to have one loss at the most. You can't have a two-loss Big 12 team is never getting in. All right? It's not happening. And it's a problem with the sport. I'm not saying a two-loss Big 12 team should get in. I'm just saying if a two-loss team is ever going to get in, you know it's going to be something like the SEC with a bias, right? It's going to be, um, you know, one-loss Alabama plays one-loss Georgia in the SEC title game. It gets decided by a field goal, and both teams go in. So technically, yes, you end up with a two-loss team in. That's how it happens all the time. And that's how the only way it would happen, it seems like to me. It's never going to be about the Big 12. So then you're saying, okay, you've got multiple conferences competing for these other two slots. Notre Dame's in a very good position as a team that doesn't have to play in a conference title game, which I still vehemently disagree with. All right. I I would love to see Notre Dame partner in some capacity with the Big 12, although I think that that is probably fallen by the wayside since NBC has jumped in with the Big 10 and its TV contract deal and things like that. But uh, it's time for Notre Dame to play in a conference title game. It just is. This whole thing, we did it last year as well. One loss, Notre Dame, without the conference title game. What do you do with them? There are years they're going to get in. If they're undefeated, they're a lock. But there are years that they are going to get in with one loss. And frankly, something has to happen to get them into a conference title game. ACC, I don't care. Put them wherever you want. They got to get to that 13 win mark, like basically, or not 13 win mark, but that 13 game mark, like everybody else is for the most part, right? That's what I believe has to happen here for Notre Dame. Pac 12 uh, has a narrow pathway to get there, if we're being totally honest. And then what is Clemson this year? Is Clemson the Clemson of 
what they were for years under Dabo Sweeney. Last year was kind of a step back. A lot of people view that as a rebuild, as a reset by Clemson standards, and they'll be back to the Clemson that we know this year. But they lost Brent Venables. I mean, what does that mean for him? I don't know, but it's something to watch. So now we sit here for the Big 12 and we say, what else? What else is on the docket? What else is on the agenda? Well, uh, there are things I want to touch on when it comes to the Big 12's future TV contract negotiations. I think this is important to follow and important to keep an eye on. So let's dive into this for a few minutes. Pete Mundo on heartlandcollegesports.com. Always good to be with you. So here's what happened. Uh, The Big 10 set up a big deal. Fox Sports, NBC, and CBS are all going to be doing business in some capacity with the Big Ten. So ESPN is out of the Big Ten business for the first time in 40 years. The Big Ten's goal was to get college sports' first $1 billion per year TV deal, and the league may have very well pulled it off. So what does this mean for the Big 12, the Pac-12, the ACC, and the rest of college sports? Specifically for what this means from a Big 12 perspective. Uh, It means that ESPN is unfortunately likely back in the forefront of the next Big 12 contract. I don't want that for the Big 12. When this Big 10 deal went down, where the Big 10 kind of went like the NFL did, like the Big 10 is going to mirror the NFL, where instead of being locked into one network, you're going to see the Big 10 on Fox Sports, on NBC, around Notre Dame games, and then also on CBS in some capacity. Uh I wanted the Big 12 to cut the cord with ESPN and end up with NBC or CBS. That was my hope. And Fox, maybe. Like, the Big 10 deal is what I wanted for the Big 12. But now, it looks like ESPN's going to need more programming. And ESPN, we know, is in bed with the SEC. That's their bread and butter. All right, they can run basically any SEC game that they want and also ACC game that they want. The Big 12 is always going to be playing second or third fiddle to those two leagues for a couple of reasons. One, the SEC is obviously the SEC, and that is going to be ESPN's prime focus. Uh, The ACC, obviously, they also have that big relationship with. And I don't believe uh, that these two sides, the Big 12 and ESPN, really care for each other after how things went down last summer. When the Big 12 was on the verge of extinction, ESPN, it seemed like, according to Bob Bowlesby, former commissioner, was potentially trying to destroy the Big 12, save itself some money, and uh, play kingmaker in college football. It didn't work. But if you get back with ESPN, if you continue a relationship with ESPN when the Big 12 starts negotiating a new TV contract uh, probably a year or two from now, what is that relationship like? Like, so you sign up with ESPN. Is it now where, great, Big 12, you now own ESPNU on Saturday. You get all, the, and if you're lucky, we'll put you on ESPN2 once in a while. Is that what you want? That's why I wanted to be part of the NBC-CBS deal. I wanted that to be the way the Big 12 went because I would have loved for CBS to have three games you know, a noon Eastern, a 3.34 Eastern, and an 8 Eastern to just go back-to-back-to-back Big 12 games. With the uh, SEC on CBS jingle, they could use that 
for the Big 12. Oh, one of the great all-time jingles. To me, the two greatest jingles in sports history, NBA on NBC. I mean, NBA on NBC. Where's Bob Costas when I need him? The best jingle. And I know that Fox now uses it for the Big East, but it's not the same. Um, greatest jingle in sports history. But uh, the SEC on CBS, not far behind. It's just beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And I'm done singing for the show. All right. I hope you didn't tune out in the last 30 seconds. But. That's what I wanted for the Big 12. And now it feels like ESPN is well-positioned uh, to get back into the mix with the Big 12. They didn't spend all that money. They apparently wanted to give the Big 10 seven years uh, $380 million. That's not going to happen. Uh, so now it feels like, well, they got that money to spend on the Big 12. And if that's where the money is, I guess you take it. But ESPN is never going to focus on this league like it is the SEC, and then to a much lesser degree, the ACC. Just never going to happen. And that's disappointing to me because I felt like those other networks could have built around the Big 12 a little bit more and promoted it better than what ESPN is going to do. Now, with that being said, um, broadcast TV partners still do matter. All right? Like, it still does matter, and there still may be opportunities for the Big 12 to have separate TV contracts like the Big 10 with, say, ESPN, NBC, CBS, Fox, whoever. You could still get that with the Big 12. And I would still do that if I was the Big 12. All right? Like, don't think that just because NBC and CBS have deals with the Big 10, they're done spending. NBC only gets six or seven Notre Dame home games. CBS could turn their Saturday into a two- or three-game extravaganza with the Big 12 getting one of those spots because Fox is going to have first dibs. So Fox and Fox Sports 1 still going to have first dibs likely on Big 10 programming. CBS and NBC are not going to get the bulk of the action. So if they're still looking for something, if they still believe we have one slot a day that we can each get for Big 12 games, they would be wise to do that. And the Big 12 would be wise to do business with them because it'd get more exposure instead of being stuck on ESPN2 and ESPNU. And, uh, you know, you're just getting yourself into different tentacles, uh, different branches, and you're getting yourself on different channels, which is important. And that's why it's also important that the Big 12 must not back down on the idea of expansion. They've got to continue to look. I know it's been quiet lately. But they have to continue to look at markets out west and the Pac-12. That's Colorado. That's Arizona. Arizona State, Cal, Stanford, San Diego State, Washington, uh, Oregon, whoever. You make that call. Things have been quiet lately, which makes it feels like another shoe is about to drop in some capacity. But the Big 12 to position itself for that next TV contract, which will probably begin negotiations in, uh, you know, next year sometime, certainly within the next 18 months to 24 months, that's the best way to keep building that brand up and leveraging yourself ahead of that contract. All right? That's the absolute best way to do it. 
So uh, that's where we stand right now. This new Big Ten TV contract has massive ramifications in the sport, and uh, Big 12 fans do need to take notice. If you want to keep tabs on how that's done, what it means going forward, and how this could play out for the Big 12 as well from an expansion perspective and a TV perspective. Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Oh, it's good to be with you. Hey, we're what? Uh, let's see. From this Saturday, we are two weeks away from the season starting. I can't believe it. Can't believe it. We got the backyard brawl coming up in a couple of Thursdays. Uh, if you've got time, and I know many of you have not yet subscribed to the show, I know that. I see the numbers. It's okay. But if you could uh, hit that subscribe button and also leave a rating and a review, it will help this show grow tremendously. Thank you, thank you, thank you for doing it. And that's why I'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. I'm sending them out every single week. Uh, when you leave me a rating and a review and subscribe and then send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and I'll get you that koozie in the mail. I so appreciate you guys being a part of the show. We are going to make it our best season yet. We have some exciting sponsors also coming on board. That's because of you. And it allows us to reinvest in the show, reinvest in the site, and it costs you nothing. Outside of supporting our sponsors when they exist and subscribing and sharing the show with friends and family. Thank you, guys. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon on heartlandcollegesports.com. Take care.